Radio Rounds, the podcast series from St. Louis Children's Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. If you've been paying attention, you've seen so much information in the media lately about the dangers of vaping-related illnesses in our children. Here to tell us about that today is Dr. Thomas Ferkel. He's a Washington University pediatric pulmonologist at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Dr. Ferkel, as I said in my intro, vaping, boy, we're hearing sure a lot about it, but not everybody knows exactly what it is. Tell us exactly what is vaping, and do we know what's even in these e-liquids? Ah, that's a really good question. So electronic cigarettes, and they're also known as electronic nicotine delivery systems, are designed to deliver aerosols of nicotine and other chemicals to the lungs. Though these devices do not necessarily have to look like a cigarette, nor do they necessarily have to deliver nicotine. They come in various shapes and sizes. They have many names, including vapes, vape pens, mods, and more recently, jewels. Now, what is in these liquids is a bit of a challenge. The only ingredient that we know that is in nearly all commercially available electronic cigarette products is nicotine. I mean, as I just mentioned, electronic cigarettes were designed to deliver nicotine, and the nicotine content in these vapors can be as high and often higher than combustible cigarettes. And past studies have shown that 99% of all electronic cigarettes sold in in American convenience stores, drug stores, through mass uh, merchandisers contain nicotine. Now, these uh, uh, e-liquids also have other chemicals, such as uh, uh, propylene glycol and glycerin, which serve as solvents for nicotine and flavorings. Other than that, it's a complete mix. And if you're asking about these, uh, these illicit e-liquids that uh, people are particularly interested in with the uh, recent surge of these severe illnesses, it's anyone's guess what's in them. So as you were talking about the recent surge, do we know anything about what's causing the sudden spike in lung illnesses and deaths related to vape and e-cigarette products? What does vaping do to a child's lungs? And what do we know now about what's going on? Well, the thing is, is that we don't know precisely. I mean, there is mounting evidence that has linked some illegal uh, THC-containing products, which is the active psychotropic uh, agent in marijuana, but we just really do not know. In fact, even now, we're not certain what anyone is inhaling when they use an electronic cigarette, whether they're using a product that they got from a friend or whether they're using a product that they purchased at a store. These vapors we know contain ultrafine particulates, organic compounds, and heavy metals such as nickel and tin. Uh, There are other reports that have shown these products are contaminated with bacterial and fungal toxins, and it's also quite possible that the respiratory complications we are seeing are related to existing or newer chemicals or flavorings, which we know are toxic. I mean, that's the great problem. Uh, To date, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has not required manufacturers to describe the manufacturing process, their standards, quality control, or even list the ingredients in their products. And so that's why an awful lot of these illnesses are still fairly mysterious. We have not been able to specifically link all cases to a single product or to anything that may be within them. Now, what does vaping do to the child's lung? That's another issue because we are only just beginning to learn the damaging effects of these products. There have been some who have argued that electronic cigarettes are safer than combustible cigarettes, but it would be a terrible mistake to conclude that they are safe. 
There's growing literature that electronic cigarette exposure leads to acute inflammation, injury, and other toxicities to the lungs. And I think the, the thing that keeps me up at night, and perhaps the most worrisome aspect of these products, is that we do not know what the long-term consequences of electronic cigarettes are. We do know it, it's created a new generation of nicotine addicts. Um, you know, vaping in, in American middle and high school students are on the rise. Preliminary data that was just reported by the National Youth Tobacco Survey showed a continued increase among high school students who regularly vape. And it was just reported that 28%, 28%, more than one in four high school students use electronic cigarettes regularly. And when you compare that to last year where it was 21% and the year before that that it was 12%, you can see the scope of the problem. Wow, we certainly can. It's pretty scary for both parents and providers, I imagine. So tell us a little bit how many kids have been seeing it at St. Louis Children's Hospital with complications that you might link to vaping, and what symptoms did they present? How were they treated? Well, we've seen a few uh, who were fairly confident had an acute vaping-associated respiratory illness, which I think is the current term for, for what they're experiencing. And some of them were quite ill. Now, most of the patients presented with a variety of respiratory, gastrointestinal, and constitutional symptoms like fever. Um, but what's interesting is, is that since the initial reports, we have seen adolescents in our emergency department and subspecialty clinics who also have likely have some vaping-associated illness, but they did not require hospital admission. So what we're seeing here with regard to these young men and young women who are being hospitalized as a result of vaping, I think we're just looking at the tip of the iceberg. And there may be some individuals who are having significant problems related to vaping that are symptomatic, but not so symptomatic that they require hospitalization. I mean, in, in fact, I mean, this phenomenon has, I mean, not this, these acute illnesses, but there has been a phenomenon called, uh, you know, vaping bronchitis, where uh, patients who use electronic cigarettes have a persistent daily wet cough uh, for uh, several weeks. So, um, you know, so I think this phenomenon has been going on well before this current surge. It's just that either we didn't recognize it or we didn't put two and two together that vaping was uh, at least contributing to the symptoms. So interesting. So what would you like pediatricians to know about speaking with the parents and with these teens, whether it's in private or with the parent present, about the dangers of vaping and how to discuss the outbreak with the patients and their families, because I think that that is one of the things parents, they want the help from the pediatricians. What do you want those pediatricians to know about how to start that discussion and get the child involved? Well, I think most important is that pediatricians in the community need to recognize that electronic cigarette use is far more common than they realize in, their, in the patients they treat. And I just gave you the numbers that support that. Uh, so what can they do? What can a parent do? Well, needless to say, the best treatment is to never start. Quitting, on the other hand, poses a bit of a dilemma for younger electronic cigarette users. I mean, we could try uh, approaches that have some success in individuals who use combustible cigarettes, like behavioral counseling and nicotine replacement therapies, but 
as you can imagine, their effectiveness in the context of vaping has not been studied. They certainly have not been studied in teenagers. And then the other sort of approaches like prescription-based uh, uh, smoking cessation medications like uh, bupropion, um, they've not been approved in use for individuals under 18 years of age. So I think the first thing that our, our colleagues need to do is to ask, is to ask them whether they are using electronic cigarettes or not. If they don't, strongly counsel them not to begin if they're using it infrequently, you may have the opportunity to have them uh, stop without any further interventions. And then you could try, and if the individuals, if these kids are not able to stop because they are indeed nicotine addicts, then you have, um, you know, these other options that we outlined. Wow, it's such a good topic and so important right now as we wrap up. What is the best information that you can provide about what we're seeing now with vaping-related illnesses and our teens and the FDA and what we're seeing going on with it being banned in places and the advertising and Juul changing their advertising? Kind of wrap it all up for us, Dr. Ferkel. Well, I think the key take-home message is, is that electronic cigarettes have become a bit of a, a monster in the United States, especially among youths. Um, and we're seeing a lot of it now. We're going to see even more in the future, I'm afraid. Um, unfortunately, because of gaps in the regulatory system when electronic cigarettes were introduced, the Food and Drug Administration did not, uh, was not involved in, in, in controlling or even understanding what are in these products. But three years ago, the deeming rule gave the U.S. FDA full authority over electronic cigarettes. It's just that they kicked the can down the road and they hadn't done anything. Uh, or they delayed it until 2021, 2022. Uh, that has to stop. They have to be very much engaged. They have to provide clear guidance. Because right now, you're absolutely right. We're seeing different communities. We're seeing different states enact uh, various laws and rules regarding electronic cigarettes. There's not a consistent policy across the, the country at this point. And like I said, that needs to change. The other aspect of this, the, uh, as you had mentioned, the idea of banning or prohibiting flavors in these products, I cannot stress how important that is. When you look at children and adolescents who use electronic cigarettes, one of the primary reasons they're using these products is because of the flavorings. I had one young man describe it like he was inhaling candy. They were lures for, uh, for these, uh, you know, for our patients to begin to use these products and unfortunately become addicted to them, which gets to the second aspect of this. The amount of nicotine that are in these products has gradually increased over the past several years. They, uh, you'll find in the literature they'll refer to this as the nicotine wars. And, you know, so, they, so we've now created a product that is very attractive to kids because of the way they taste and a product that is difficult to give up because of the high concentrations of nicotine that they receive. Wow. What great information, Dr. Ferkel. So scary, not only for pediatricians, but for parents. And thank you for coming on and educating us about the dangers of vaping and really how pediatricians can get involved with the families and the parents to explain those dangers to their patients. That wraps up this episode of Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. 
to consult with a specialist, or to learn more about services and resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, please call the Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. Or you can head on over to our website at stlouischildrens.org for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. If you as a provider or parent found this podcast as informative as I did, please share with other providers, share with other parents, share with people that you know, because this is an issue that's affecting all of our children right now. It's pretty scary. So please share on your social media and be sure to check out all the other interesting podcasts in the St. Louis Children's Hospital Library. Until next time, this is Melanie Cole.